It is February 10th, 2023, and welcome to episode 180 of Fault Line, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you up to speed quickly three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm your host for the day, Jamil Jaffer, and I'm joined as always by my friend and former boss, Les Munson, the former staff director of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and a senior fellow here at NSI. And of course, NSI's deputy executive director and key leader, Jessica Jones. So what's the story? Well, on Wednesday, at a speech at a government conference in Washington, D.C., where all terrible things happen, Gwen Shotwell, the president of SpaceX, the Elon Musk-owned company that sent more than 5,000 Starlink satellite internet dishes to Ukraine in the immediate aftermath of the Russian invasion, announced that it's going to limit the use of its satellite systems, prohibiting their use for, quote, military operations. Now, nobody, much less Elon Musk or Gwen Shotwell, should be surprised that Ukrainians were using Starlink for military purposes. The whole point of sending these devices to Ukraine was not to give them high-speed Internet, but was to give them the ability to fight the Russians effectively. Um, but now Elon and Gwen seem surprised. It's shocking uh, that, um, that, the, that the Ukrainians are using these things for offensive operations. They're, they're upset they're going to cut them off. Um, and what Gwen Shotwell's argument essentially is that Starlink was never intended to be, quote, weaponized. They understand Ukrainians are using it for communications. That's fine. Military comms are fine. But if you're, if you're using drones uh, to strike Russian facilities or Russian, uh, Russian invaders, that's off the table for Starlink and for SpaceX. Um, and so they're going to cut them off, apparently, is the story. Now, this isn't the first time uh, that Elon or, or SpaceX raised these concerns back in November. 1,300 of Ukraine's satellite dishes temporarily went out in Ukraine uh, just a few months after SpaceX had sent a letter to DOD saying, hey, look, we've funded enough of this thing. Uh, we've done it on our own dime. We spent $100 million. We're done. And it was a month after Elon had tweeted out his peace plan for Ukraine, suspiciously looking a lot like the Russian talking points. Hey, give up some land, Ukrainians, stay out of NATO, and it'll all be good. You can be a neutral country. Um, the Ukrainians and, of course, everybody else who has any common sense rejected that terrible uh, idea. Um, but, you know, now this time, um, you know, SpaceX says they're out. Uh, of course, the Ukrainians are upset. Um, they, uh, they're telling the world that, that SpaceX has got to choose between the sides, between, side between good and evil, between helping the horrible Russians invading Ukraine or the peaceful Ukrainians just defending their own territory. Um, and one Ukrainian military leader previously told an American newspaper that fighting without Starlink service at the front lines is like fighting without a gun. So this is a big deal. Um, at least as of Thursday, it doesn't look like there's been any major interruptions in the service, uh, but we'll see what happens going forward. Les, what do you think? Jamil, this is, this is a very, uh, this is a very big deal. This is a warning sign. We should be hearing alarm bells going off. There's a bright shining line, bright, a bright red line that I think we're approaching here, which is the privatization of U.S. national security policy. It is simply not acceptable, no matter what the merits of the issue, for any company or person to be deciding how the U.S. is going to conduct itself in a in an international conflict. That is just not okay. And so uh, I don't care about whether it's Elon Musk or someone else or Starlink or anything. Only the U.S. government decides U.S. national security policy, never a private corporation. And whatever Congress has to do to reorient our legal structures in the national security zone to make sure that private companies don't get a vote in this, they should be doing right now with alacrity. There should be a bipartisan issue. Uh, we can't let any any private contractor decide, hey, my, it's not okay for my stuff to be used 
in a conflict. That is simply not acceptable, no matter what the merits of the situation or anything like that. So uh, this, sh this should be an alarm bell for Washington policymakers, I think particularly in Congress, where they need to reset the legal structures around uh, private companies, the internet access, communications technology, all of which is changing rapidly. Congress needs to jump on this, sort it out, and make sure that our the appropriate decision makers are involved here. Okay, so really quick, I was going to go to a whole different tangent, and then Les started speaking. So I guess what's funny to me about Les, what you're saying, everything Jamil just laid out, there was no mention of the U.S. government, right? Like, there's Russia, there's Ukraine, there's a private company. There, Nowhere is the U.S. acting or not acting. To, Elon Musk is not stopping the U.S. government from doing anything, like, at all. So I'm not really sure where you think that Elon Musk is constricting the U.S. government, changing our policies. Our, our government isn't doing anything. That's like, we had we had conversations on Twitter between the Ukrainian government and Elon Musk, and that's how Starlink got, like, put into this entire thing. Like, a private conversation on Twitter. Like, so what is the U.S.? I don't understand the U.S. government's there impact in here. I see Jamil also wanting to get on this. Go ahead, yeah, Jamil. Yeah, Les, this, the, your, your position is ridiculous. I mean, this is a private company providing a private service. Yes, the U.S. government and the, and the French paid for some of these dishes that are out there now. Elon sent 5,000. There's now 20-some thousand, 20-plus thousand there. So we bought a bunch of dishes. He's providing the service for free. It's his private company. Look, if the U.S. government wants to launch a bunch of satellites and provide Internet to Ukrainians and provide them sat, you know, drone capabilities – Go, go for it. We're, we're sending them tanks. We're sending them all sorts of stuff. But until the day when Elon's part of the U.S. government, right, he gets to decide how he uses the service. Now, we can put moral pressure on him. We can pay him. We can threaten his contracts for launching satellites, although that's not going to work. But, I mean, unless something you want us to take over, start, you know, SpaceX, <laughs> hey, here's the thing. He's the one that decided to spend a lot of his own money or his investors' money and launch a bunch of satellites. The U.S. government didn't do that. They're his. He can do what he wants to them. All right. Oh my. Unless you believe in socialism, last. Oh my. You, oh my. Last young, time I checked, you don't. My I mean, young, don't innocent friends. <laughs> my young, innocent friends. How wrong? How very wrong you are. The idea that we would let you know Lockheed decide whether or not we could use their planes or missiles, or Smith and Wesson whether we could use their we guns or their ammunition. I'm sorry, that is not optional. American companies obey the U.S. government when it comes to war. End of story. And whatever legal structures we need to put in place right now to get that done is what should be done. There is no optional activity here for U.S. companies when it comes to U.S. national security. <laughs> at the at the get go, if we needed to structure the contract between Starlink and Ukraine in a certain way to make sure the U.S. government had final decision authority, we should be doing that. Congress can create that structure in a matter of a couple of weeks. They've got a lot of really smart lawyers. Jamil, you used to be one of them. Uh, we need we need to get on this right now. It is it is simply not acceptable for private companies to be decision makers when it comes to our national security. I feel like this conversation in the belt in, in D.C. is always like, how do we get Silicon Valley and all these tech companies to better understand U.S. national security? And just we're not even on the we control them. They must listen to us. We're just like, let's get them on board. Let's get them to understand. So like, let's, if I'm hearing this conversation, you're like all the way down the road. Like what the point I was going to make, what I thought was interesting about this conversation about satellites is it seems like the conversation is like, yes, let's increase all this private access so you can actually get around the authoritarians, right? Like you can get around the North Koreas, the Chinas, the Irans. You can actually help the public and, and the citizens of these countries. And yet now the conversation is the private sector is playing almost the role of the authoritarian here and dictating who gets access. So like, I think that's more of a conversation rather than that we need to tell these companies what they should be My doing. My friends, when it comes to war, there is no private sector. 
I'm sorry. These are American companies. Elon Musk's vast corporate enterprise has huge ties to the U.S. government. When it comes to war, the U.S. government's in charge, not Elon Musk. End of story. Of course, that's true. But A, we're not at war, as the president has repeatedly made clear. (laughs) And we're sending them equipment. But Elon Musk is privately sending him his own stuff. I think he's doing the wrong thing. I think this is batshit crazy. I think we should push him at every turn. But the idea less that we should nationalize private companies or force them to do things they don't want to do because because you say so or because President Biden says so, that's laughable. And that will destroy private enterprise in America. The, the whole reason Starlink and SpaceX exist is because a private company created. If the U.S. government had been responsible for launching satellites, the, you know, the way that Starlink, the way that SpaceX does, or putting up thousands of satellites and running internet service, it would fail because the U.S. government sucks at that stuff. And that's why they're not doing it. The reason Starlink is so successful is because the government has stayed out of the way less. You're wrong. That's crazy. And that's a wrap. Okay, last once again, a last word. The last, you get the last word. All right, Jamil, that was a whole series of straw. I'm not talking about nationalizing anything. What I'm talking, I'm talking to hawks in the U.S. Congress right now. Get on it. We need a legal structure here so that we can have appropriate decision making in the national security sphere. It is not optional for companies to participate, and that should be non-debatable. Lessons for a legal structure that commandeers private enterprise. Got it. And that's a wrap. Thanks to Brooke Aga Khan and the team at NSI, including Claude Jennings and Rachel Domino, for the help in producing today's episode. Join us again next Monday for the next episode of Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart fast on the issues shaking up America's national security. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. And follow at Mason Natsik on Twitter so more people can get in the Fault Lines crew and the NSI mix. 